Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Tuesday Night Jaw Meets on the Distraction Pieces Network with me, your host, Jim Smallman. Uh, this week, we meet the awesomely talented and ridiculously young, uh, death-defying urchin prince, Drew Parker. Um, he's a good lad, he lives ridiculously close to me when he's visiting his mum. Uh, so, he was at his mum's, I'm hanging out at home on my last day before I make my travels to America, then to Australia, then to New Zealand, then to Australia, then back home, uh, which takes up most of April for me. So, I thought I'd get him around to my house, sit at my kitchen table, uh, meet baby Claudio, and have a bit of a chat. And we did, and it's an interesting one. I, I think Drew has all the talent in the world, he's got the world at his feet, uh, whichever way he chooses to go in the world of wrestling, he will make it a success. He's a smashing lad. Um, and I, I've been very interested um, on his take and on, on deathmatch wrestling, very similar to when I had Jimmy Havoc uh, on the show. And hopefully in the future, I hope to have Ricky Shane Page on the show as well. Um, and I'm always interested in what drives people to want to do deathmatch wrestling, um, as well as just being an excellent wrestler in general. So it's a good old chat. Um, please do check out everything on the Distraction Pieces Network. It is all joyous. Um, if you're in America and you happen to be in, in New Orleans for WrestleMania this coming weekend, come and see the progress shows at noon at the Train Exhibition Centre. I've got used to saying that now. It's near the airport. Uh, we have a, it's where all the WWN shows are. So it's where Evolve is and Joe Dinella's Spring Break and all that cool stuff. Uh, our shows are at noon on Friday and Saturday. Friday and Saturday. Uh, chapter 66, Mardi Graps. Good name. Uh, chapter 67, uh, Bourbon is also a biscuit. Very good name. I named both the shows. I'm a little bit biased at how good they are. Um, we've announced some absolutely shit-hot matches. I'm not going to lie. Uh, check the Progress Twitter feed out for more information on those. Uh, we've sold a load of tickets as well, which is fairly insane. The Wrestling Observer this week said that outside of WWE and Ring of Honor, I think we're the best-selling show, which is pretty nuts. Um, so if you want to come along, do please come along. And if you see me, high-five me, whether it's at our show's or you bump into me at WrestleMania or TakeOver or wherever, just high-five me. I'm happy to do that and know that you listen to this podcast, be you American or British or whatever. So tickets for our shows this coming weekend in New Orleans are available at morethanmania.com or you can find links via progresswrestling.com. Then we have big shows when we get back. 5th, 6th and 7th of May, Alexandra Palace in London is Super Strong Style 16, our biggest tournament we've ever done uh, since we started doing it. Very excited about this tournament. Already declared quite a few amazing names for it. There's more cool stuff to come. Three days of wrestling in Alexandra Palace, uh, progresswrestling.com for that. And also our show at Victoria Warehouse on May the 20th in Manchester. Biggest show we've ever done in the UK outside of London. May the 20th, Victoria Warehouse in Manchester. Uh, that's chapter 69, Be Here Now, that's called. Uh, not called Nice, which is what everyone wanted me to call it. Uh, and then, of course, September the 30th, Wembley Arena in London. 
Uh, remains insane that we're doing that. People are travelling from all over the world. I had someone message me this week saying they're coming from Australia for that show. It's insane. Get your tickets for it now if you want to come along to it. There's still great tickets available, um, but I want to make sure we pack that place out. We're already doing very well. We can always sell more tickets, so please come along and tell people that you know. If you know there's someone who likes wrestling and perhaps hasn't experienced a progress show before, because they are usually hard to get tickets for, that's the one they need to come to. That's what we're building everything to this year. September the 30th, at Wembley Arena in London. Progresswrestling.com for all that stuff and for merch and for news about Progress Wrestling. Uh, Demand-progress.com for all of our shows available on demand and a load of other cool stuff too. And my website is jimsmallman.com. i got my gig listing on there and stuff like that. Point people at jimsmallman.com slash TNJ in order to tell people about this here podcast. And please rate, review, subscribe. Do everything you normally do with a podcast that you enjoy if you do indeed enjoy this podcast. I appreciate your support. Right. I'm going to put this up now uh, and then I'm going to bugger off to America. So um, hopefully next week, I'd love to say there's going to be a round table. It might be me doing it with John and Glenn in a hotel room in America. It might be me getting other people to do it here and me putting it out on the feed. I don't know. We'll find a way to put one out, but it's a little bit tricky when I'm not coming home until the end of April. So, but we'll find a way of doing it. Um, enjoy WrestleMania. Uh, however you choose to watch it I'm super excited about it enjoy TakeOver the day before enjoy our shows if you come to those enjoy any other indie shows you might go to over the course of the weekend and just have yourself a lovely time Wrestlemania is the happiest time of the year to be a wrestling fan and I'm super excited about this week super sad about leaving my family behind for a month um, but super excited about wrestling anyway listen to me having a chat with the wonderful Drew Parker and I'll catch you on the flip side with a few reminders uh, and I'll see you soon to our 5 years younger. In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking 5 years younger at 6 months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Right then. Uh, hi, Drew. Hi. Um, so someone pointed out yesterday on Twitter, uh, it was Callum Leslie, um, uh, Progress employee uh, Callum Leslie, um, said... Because I pointed out, this is the close, you, the closest wrestler that lives to my house. Definitely, you live two miles away. Uh, when you're up here, when you're yeah, place, not all yeah. the time. So if you're at your mum's, you live two miles away from me. Seven minutes drive, uh, eight minutes today because it's snowy. And um, and Callum pointed out, it's quite nice that today I can record an episode of Tuesday Night Jaw in my kitchen with someone who lives two minutes away. Um, 
And then tomorrow I do all the travel in the world. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks, mate. It's um, okay. I did it just for you. So. Thanks. I'm very grateful. <laughs> um, so um, how are you? Because you've got injuries like that we ha- I feel we have to talk about. The first one is, and, and the listeners won't know this, you have a graze on your face. Yeah. That like, was from a knee. That was from, and that was from this weekend? Yeah, this Friday, just gone. Um, and the, the chap who did this to you, now this is even more weird. Yeah. So the chap who did this to you is a wrestler called Pyro who I bumped into in Asda when I was doing my big shop the other week. And I was, I was, I was with my daughter, who I, I always seem to bump into people who know me when I'm with my daughter to give her a false sense of me being in some way famous. And I was walking around, and, he, and it, I walked past him once, and he smiled at me. And I went down another aisle, and we met again. And he went, are you, are you Jim? And I went, yeah. And he went, hi, my, hi, my name's... And he gave me a shoot name, and then he went, um, I'm Pyro. Um, and then we just got talking about wrestling. And then I mentioned knowing you and Lycos. Yeah. And he was like, oh, no, those lads are very well indeed. <laughs> it's just such a weird world. Because <laughs> I don't expect it up here. Really. We must have met him when we were like 10, like around that time. So you said this, we were talking to my wife before. You started training when you were 10. Yeah. Which was half your life ago because mm. you're only 10. Yeah, <laughs> like exactly half my life now. <sighs> so... I mean, my son's nearly two, so eight, eight years until he can start training. How yeah. do you go about... Because I think most people are aware of like wrestling schools and, for example, most of the wrestling schools, if I go along and do a guest little promo seminar or something, most people there are at least 14 or 15 years yeah. old, often over 18. So when you were 10, how do you go about learning to wrestle? Like, Well, the classes are split into like juniors and seniors right. anyway. But then the juniors will range from like nine to then like fifteen. Yeah. So it's still a big gap, even though it's split into like mm. juniors and seniors. And like, I mean, it's I, I find it astonishing. This is something I've said on the podcast a lot of times. Like, so I'm I started stand up when I was twenty seven and was super dedicated to stand up at twenty seven. But I was twenty seven. Like the idea of me doing anything, even when I was eighteen, to any form of decent level. Because I didn't have didn't have the desire to do anything. To have a desire to do something when you're 10 years old and and see it through to being a professional. I think it's just like when you go and like learn how to play football. You know, like if you go to like a local club to learn to play there. I think yeah. it's just the same. I was only going like twice a week, so it wasn't as if I was like. We still twice a week. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be people listening to this who've got kids going. My kid was bored of something after like my daughter went to dance classes for about six weeks. Yeah, and was bored. And then stopped. Like, to, to see that through is... Yeah, true. Like, I tried football and rugby and then, like, tennis and golf and everything in between. The idea of you playing <laughs> golf. You know, you know Alice Cooper plays golf, yeah. right? Which is, a, yeah. which is a brilliant... Like, everyone everyone knows him looking what he looked like in the 70s. And the fact that he plays golf is amazing. I think the only thing that could top that for me is you playing yeah. golf. <laughs> Bear in mind, I was 10 and not, like, rolling around in glass at that point. <laughs> so you got a normal gra- child. <laughs> so you got a graze on your face. From a knee. Yeah. Um, you wrestled in a match for us at the Dome um, recently against Spike Trevay, um, which I watched that show back because I wasn't at it and was horrified at some of the stuff that I saw, um, which in particular included... Um, so you had a big cut on your back. Yeah. Was so that from the mirror? That thing? was from the mirror at the end. Um, so to explain, you set a mirror up with two chairs. Just two chairs. chairs, yeah. And you put you put Spike through the mirror, didn't you? Yeah, with a small package with a, driver. With your small package driver, which is a great move. So, um, and then what happened is, he got a great big shard of mirror stuck in his leg, yeah. which is fairly grim, and you your back was sliced open. It was like... Bob Holly level from that ECW episode of RVD. <laughs> That's what I felt like anyway. Um, yeah, like, when this happens, and this is this is something I'm always fascinated by with with anyone who's into deathmatch wrestling. And it, did you feel it when it when you, you initially did the move? Did you feel it? No. When so did like, you When did you feel it? Uh, when Osprey was showering me afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> That's when it was, because then the hot water gets on you, like, oh, yeah, there's an opening. <laughs> oh, is that... Was, I mean, you said it was only four stitches, which surprised yeah. me, because it seemed massive. Yeah, it was meant to be glued, but mm. they said because of where it was on my back, if I was to bend over, it could just pop open. Yeah. So I spent seven hours, seven and a half hours in A&E that night. Because whenever, um, like, Glenn Joseph is our appointed 
medical liaison officer when people have to go to the hospital. So I woke up the next morning thinking, I messaged the lads and went, everything fine? And they went, yeah, great show. Uh, um, but Spike's got to go to the hospital because he's got a shard of mirror in his leg. And you know when you get a message and go, I'm not even going to ask. Yeah. <laughs> not even going to ask. And, um, and then I went to sleep and I remember waking up the next morning and Glenn messaging me going, oh, Drew also had to go to A&E. I was like, because I hate, I have a big thing ever since... Um, it was Daryl Allen got injured when we were doing Sonnersfield. Um, he got knocked out taking a crossbody off Mark Andrews. Right. And we thought he broke his neck. And I remember being so scared. And he was, he was fine. But I remember being absolutely terrified. And then when TK broke his ankle in New York. Yeah. like there's, I hate the idea of anyone who works for us. And I like everyone who works for us. I hate the idea of anyone getting hurt doing the thing that they love. And, and I, I woke up the next morning and sort of my phone was like, oh, no. <laughs> Uh, and he was like, everyone's fine. Yeah. But yeah. it's still, <clears throat> you know, and I imagine it's it's the aftermath more of it that it's, it's going to hurt like, more the next couple of days. Yeah, at the time, it's like, fine, there's no bother at all. But then the following week, two weeks, just like uncomfortable. Is that the most stitches you've ever had? <clears throat> the only stitch I've ever had. The only stitch? Yeah, stitches, yeah, that's the only time. Which is brilliant. I've been glued before. Like, I had my eyebrow glued back together. But then, that's it. No stitches. Because... Obviously, I've seen the video of the, the Fight Club Pro Death House yeah. match, um, which is one of the most mental bumps I've ever seen. And you're talking to a man who used to you know, buy FMW videos. So, it's... Here's a question for you. Were you, were you originally meant to be in that match? No. Because the, the match was originally... Was it CCK? It was meant to be CCK at first. Yeah. Then it got changed. Mm. And then they were looking for someone to team with Ricky. And then... I think it was Brooks who put me forward mm. and then kind of Because I remember everything. seeing that and going, I'm sure these lads aren't meant to be on this show because yeah. they CCK originally advertised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's only something that pops into my head today. I was like, because that match, which is is something, I don't think it will define your career because you're only 20. Yeah, yeah. But it's something that certainly put you um, in front of more eyes. Like big time. Yeah. Like it changed everything. <laughs> At that point it did. And... And everyone sort of, it's one of those moments where everyone sits up and takes notice. You know? Yeah. And, and there's, there's moments that's happened for, for loads of different British wrestlers over the last few years. That was that's definitely like the first proper online buzz moment mm. of like, when it's people who are quote tweeting your tweets, but like they don't follow you. Yeah. They're just random people like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Like, it was the first time something like that happened. Do you, with the, the, the deathmatch stuff, like, and this is something I'm going to get a quote off my phone. I'm okay. talking to, to Jimmy Havoc, who said to tell you that he loves you dearly. Oh, um, <laughs> love you too, Jimmy. Um, so um, he messaged me earlier. We were talking, and we were talking about various things like um, like the fact you're doing Tournament of Death um, this year, which we'll get to in a while. Um, it's quite nice that this time last year I interviewed Jimmy when he'd been announced at all. Oh, okay, which is, which is <laughs> quite is cool. cool. Um, so um, we were talking about like. He, so last night he took a bump through a pane of glass, which I've seen a gif of. Yeah. And I said to him, is it wrong that me, untrained wrestler, I would absolutely love to take a bump like that? No. Right. And and he went... Is it just interest? Like... Well, so when we did the angle with Jimmy beating me up with a chair, I was really excited about it and looked forward to it and yeah. did not care that it hurt. Like and again, I'm aware I'm tired and stuff like that, but I I was excited about it. The the idea of me being murdered with a chair was a genuine. I genuinely got a buzz out of it. And we were talking about. Um, I said to him, I I kind of like to be thrown through a pane of glass. And I said, is that wrong? And he went, no, because it's the best adrenaline rush. Yeah. Ever. And this is the thing he said to me. He said, if they could bottle that feeling and sell it, I'd be fucked. That's like perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, is that what it's like? like is there well, glass is my favorite thing to go through. Yeah, that's my favorite thing. Like barbed wire is okay, then like tables are okay, but something about glass is just like the coolest thing. It, it, it pops. Yeah, like it literally the noise goes boom. It's like holy shit. Yeah, and it's when we so let's rewind a little bit. Right. Okay. So you start training at ten. Mm-hmm. When did you have your first actual match? Mm, we did academy shows from like the age of 10 to like 14. That's just like parents. Yeah. Ago. Then 14 was my first like proper match, which was against Ethan, actually. Um, amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, so, because you guys are similar age as well, aren't you? Yeah, so, yeah, there's only a year difference. So, first match, and then, obviously you're still at school and stuff like that, so you yeah. can't throw yourself into it 
super enthusiastically, I suppose. I mean, mm. I suppose you, knowing you, you probably did. Could. Yeah. Is this with deathmatch wrestling or just like... No, just the wrestling in general. Oh, mm, yeah. It's not that hard when you work in, um, in school like nine till half three. Yeah. It's easy to just go to a show afterwards. Nice. Yeah. Were you doing that though? Were you like when you do your GCSEs? Or you in sixth form. Nice. I think I did that. Yeah. Like I left <laughs> a bit early to go to a show. <laughs> that was brilliant because I remember being at, at, at the sixth form of my school had a lot of rugby players in it. And... You'd, they'd be like oh, I've got to leave and play for the county or whatever yeah. and the idea that there's someone in the world in their sixth form going and it, I used to be a teacher so yeah. to be honest if I was teaching and you went can I nip off early I've got a wrestling <laughs> match I'd be like yeah don't bother coming in just yeah. do it <laughs> um, get me tickets um, but yeah the idea of you nipping off and doing stuff is, yeah. and it's things like I don't think people comprehend about wrestling is people do have to juggle real lives as well like, yeah. I know that Pastor William Evers wrestled for us after working nights so he's worked all night and then comes to a show and helps set the ring up and then wrestle. Um, and, and people, I think, forget that side of it sometimes. Yeah. When did you have your first first match first match proper at 14? When did you have your first death match? Well, that would be Death House. Like, death match was that first one. Proper yeah. I had hardcore matches and no yeah. DQ ones, but that was the first, like... The first real... For me, the line is, like, glass. Yeah. That makes it, like, a, a death match. Is that match. the first time you've gone through glass? Then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went just through a pain. So that's... That one. But that's insane. If Death House is yeah. your first time you did and that. And we did everything. <laughs> we had light tubes, like glass, the barbed boards, and then the scaffolding. That's nuts. Because you look at that. First of all, you look at home in that environment. Like, I wasn't... So I was aware of you, and I'd seen your stuff. Yeah. But I wasn't aware... And I was aware of your character, but it wasn't your character is a bit of a nutter but I yeah, wasn't yeah. aware of you like doing that stuff and I, I remember seeing it and I, I know Ricky Shane Page so I was like well, it makes sense Ricky's in this match it makes sense Clint's in this match and Jimmy's in this match but I looked at you and I went oh he's such a handsome young man why well, is he doing this a few of the boys said like <laughs> they worried about me more because the other three were already names going into the match whereas I was the one who had like something to prove really and does that enter into your you're thinking in stuff like that. Do you think I have got something to prove, so I've got to take the the, mental, the most mental bump out of this? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was like so hyped about the mirror at the dome. I was like, yeah, fuck it, yeah, gonna be remembered that way. I mean, yeah, I mean, you were. Yeah. Um, so, in terms of like Jimmy's point about the adrenaline sort of thing, like for me, I get try and use a sort of comedy analogy for this, like. Regular gigs are just my job. I, I, I get nervous enough to pace back and forth and yeah. do my job, but they're just my job. It's the, the different things that make me nervous. So a couple of times I've done telly, that makes me nervous. Um, like if I do a, a gig with more people in, it makes me a little bit more nervous, but it's the, it's the stuff that takes me out of my comfort zone. Yeah. So when I do gigs for children, for example, I'm not allowed to swear, super nervous. Oh, well, yeah. uh, but because it's not the norm. Is it the same with any form of hardcore wrestling? It's obviously, at this point now, even though you're only 20, you can have a regular match in your sleep, I would imagine. Yeah. When it comes to craziest stuff, is the is the is it is it nerves you feel? Is it excitement you feel for getting to do that? I think it's like I am more nervous for hardcore matches, but mm. it's like good nervous. Mm. It's like, before you go now, I'm not like, oh my God, oh my God, I'm going to fuck up. It's more like, holy shit, like, what, <laughs> why if I die? Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I mean, that bump is, is so, in, the scaffold bump in particular, is, is, is so insane. G-Man put it best, that's like, my mankind off the cell. It is? And that was like the coolest thing I've ever heard ever. Because like, people have yeah. seen it. Do you think that bump had an immediate effect with you getting booked for a tournament of death yeah, 100% like no doubt Would like you... having Ricky as my tag partner and like he was like you did so great like I'm sure he helped me yeah yeah yeah. it's um, yeah it's it, it, it's it, it's amazing when there's one moment just sort of makes everyone go oh hang on a minute you know and the best bit with, with you as well and, and the same with all the lads are in the death house match you're a good wrestler yeah like and I, I think it's and you're probably now at a point where people have of if people are new to you and they only know you for that and then they watch you I've, in a match I thought about that I worry a bit it's like why people think I can't wrestle now <laughs> well that's the nice thing the, the matches you've had for us for example um, like people have gone oh he's a good wrestler isn't he oh yeah like is that good that's why we put him in the natural progression series because we really <laughs> like him and um, and 
I mean, you've done one of the, the most insane things I've ever seen on a show, which is your somersault to the outside where you land on your feet. Oh, yeah. Where you, oh, yeah. you miss a dive and land on your feet. And it's one of the, I was backstage seeing it, and it, one, one of the wrestlers turned to me and went, that deserved a much bigger reaction. That's the most <laughs> insane thing I've ever seen. And this is someone who's been wrestling, like, decades. At the time, I said it was one and done, but then I've done it, like, five times since. <laughs> I'm worried about your knees. Oh, but, something like that. Yeah, someone wrote a review, I was told, and they were like, oh, Drew Park must really hate his ankles. I was like, you don't know my ankles. Like, <laughs> fine. <laughs> so, um, when you were growing up and you were watching wrestling, um, and I'm going to presume you were a fan even before you went training when you were 10. So yeah, you, yeah. You know. I started watching when I was like nine, and then did six months of watching it before I found a local school. Who, who was the first wrestler you loved when you were a kid? Jeff Hardy was like the number What one. a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> so like I watched it from like November 2007 and I was like into it but not like in love with it. Mm. And then in the January he did like the 20 foot swanton on Randy Orton. Yep. And I was like, shit. <laughs> That's really cool. And that was the moment I was like. Were you the sort of kid who was hurling himself? Because you know the, the whole Mick Foley analogy of him hurling yeah. himself off his roof and stuff. Did a lot of trampoline wrestling with like my stepbrother and stuff. Nothing like crazy though. Is, Cardboard is, tables. Is there video of this this backyard? No. Oh, so sad. It's probably for the best. I remember seeing the video of uh, Flash Morgan Webster wrestling in a field. Yeah. One of my favourite things I've ever seen. Um, so. Even at an early age, if, if you're drawn to people who are doing nuts stuff, yeah. that must have always been your plan to do nuts Yeah, stuff. it's just something about the adrenaline of like, this is really, really dangerous and like possibly life-ending worthy <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> I don't know. Just a bit of an adrenaline junkie, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do is there other stuff you do in your life that's that like that? No, I haven't found anything yet. <laughs> I think I need to. Because <laughs> like, you know, when people say that and you're like, I think most people know someone who's like a proper adrenaline junkie. They're the person like mountain biking and parachuting and stuff like yeah. that every weekend. But I think wrestling probably ticks more of those boxes. Yeah, I think my adrenaline junkie is more of like the pain side of things as bad as that sounds. <laughs> well, well, no, so this is a, a chat I was having the other day. Like, I had to have a blood test. For, so, so, so I can ring announce in New Orleans because of their fantastically draconian um, measures. Just in case um, you fall over and your face falls off. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm not a wrestler, I'm going to shoot this stuff. <laughs> um, uh, so I have a blood test. Now, um, most listeners probably know what I look like. I'm covered in tattoos. Um, and there's nowhere to find my veins because where they find the veins in your elbow, crap, I've, got yeah. t- I've got tattoos over. And then um, I've still got the, the little mark from it. Now, I'm scared of needles. I'm legit scared of needles. I am not scared of being tattooed for 10 hours at a time. That's crazy. And I, I, I kind of like being tattooed. I know it hurts, but I'm all right with it. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not super into pain or anything, but I get it. And, and like I said before, when we did the, the story with Jimmy beating me up, I was so up for it. The other two were never doing it. it was <laughs> I was so up for it. My wife's the same. My wife's like, I just love ones just to be thrown for a table. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's a weird thing that I think some people's brains are, are wired up that way. I mean, wrestling hurts in general. Yeah. Which I think is the thing that people don't always realise. Yeah. It's like I don't enjoy taking bumps. Like getting su- If someone said like, oh, can we do this thing on me? Like suplex you ten times. Or like, mm. no. <laughs> we can't. I remember this conversation with Jimmy years ago and him saying that, because I remember going, oh, hardcore matches are a bit, and he was like, I'm not that bad. Like he said, it's all it's all smoke and mirrors because you, you take a couple of shots for something. Yeah. As long as you're not being hit in the head, yeah, it's yeah. not that bad. Yeah. And I think people are smart enough now to know not to be hit. It's in different. Head. It's like taking a bump is like that's, that ends up being internal, like mm-hmm. that like hurts you internally. But then like getting hit of a light tube across your back, that's yeah. just like broken skin. Yeah, like it's not that bad. It's just cool seeing your own blood. <laughs> <laughs> I feel we should take a photograph of what you look like now for posterity and prepare yeah. it for five years <laughs> Or maybe just before TOD and then after TOD. Um, so, Tournament of Death. Let's talk about that. Okay. Since we brought it up. Now, um, I know when Jimmy did it, he was super excited to do it. It was a bucket list thing for him. Yeah. Is it... So, was it a bucket list thing for you before sort of Death House and that sort? So, like, years ago, we yeah. were going to do it. Yeah, yeah. So, I got into ECW and CCW really early. I mm. just never did any hardcore wrestling. Because like it was easy for me. I look like twelve years old, so like, <laughs> it's easy just to be like a generic baby face. But yeah. then I ended up just doing what I want to do. So I've seen pictures of you and Ethan as a tag team. Yeah, which is, I mean, you could not look like a more generic. Yeah, I know. Good guy, baby <laughs> tag team. And, um, and 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 that's what's so cool. Like when you, I think it's one of the first things I said to you as feedback when the first time you wrestled for us. When you came out for your entrance, 
like everything about your entrance makes people sit up and take notice and you just come out look, looking like you want to kill people yeah. and, and that <clears throat> and, and it, with you wearing the mask was that to kind of get around the fact that you look young and uh, partially it's quite intimidating I find it's like so if you come out storming with like this creepy face on it's like yeah. oh shit is it influenced by Slipknot in any way whatsoever yeah, the dude who makes them makes custom Slipknot masks. Because so like, <laughs> the first time I saw it, I was like, it's yeah. quite Slipknot-esque. Um, <laughs> but it does, it makes it, it... I think as well, having a mask as well, it, you know, it's the same thing I haven't doing it. I think when you come out with a mask on, it, it does it does mean that you can get... Even if, you, if you're nervous, you don't need... No one knows. Because yeah. you don't see that. You see you just see intensity. And then when you take it off... A lot of the times I am like breathe. screaming. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, fuck! <laughs> 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 but it so and I was, I was so I was doing some research about ECW and, and CZW in particular in that I like how CZW sprang up in that ECW died and two companies sprung up in its place in Philly one was Ring of Honor which satisfied yeah. people like me who like Eddie Guerrero against Dean Malenko yeah. and one um, was CZW that sprung up for people who like the Sandman for example yeah. um, and it's not I don't like hardcore wrestling I, I, I do like it but I've never been as drawn to it as as, as hard hitting technical wrestling, yeah, for yeah. example. But I think when it's done right, and then it can be amazing. A lot of the mid nineties FMW stuff's absolutely brilliant. Um, but CCW went a different way, didn't it? And it, it it just went well. We like the hardcore stuff. Let's turn it up to a million yeah. and just do absolutely. Yeah. Together they do stuff. like if you blend the two together, it's just ECW from the nineties, yeah. really, isn't it? If you. Um, were you because obviously you were I mean you're only just not a teenager now but you were sort of were you sending off the CZW like DVDs and stuff like that no because in I'm quite lucky that the way uh, the year that I was born in everything like everything's on the internet like of course. absolutely everything I'm so old yeah. <laughs> um, yeah you're right though yeah because like, like I was on the internet then we're so lucky fuck I was at the un- I was at university when you were born I don't know you feel god I'm so old <laughs> um so yeah, so I think it's really cool actually thinking about it. You are there is a whole generation of it's people. It's definitely generation. Like, I, had to, I was on the internet when I was so when Foley got thrown off the cage was was I was twenty. Yeah, and and it's the reason I got tattooed on me is that that's the point that I fell back in with wrestling. I've been away from it for a few years, cool. and I just quit drinking and I just straightened my life up and on straight edge and all this, and then I'm just flicking through TV and I watch Mick thrown off the cage and I'm like. Oh my god, this is the greatest! It is. <laughs> uh, I, I need to look at, and it's one of the reasons he's one of my heroes, one of my favorite ever wrestlers, um, as well as the fact, like yourself, he could wrestle. Yeah, like his match with Shawn Michaels um, uh, for the WWF title is still unbelievable. Now, it's, it's a fantastic match. He could really go. Um, he was just willing to push. It, it, I think it's it's, it, it's being willing to push the envelope a little bit. Yeah, you know what I mean. And, and if you can do. If you can do both sides of it, amazing. And I think everyone who's good at deathmatch wrestling, there's plenty of people in America, the Indies in America in particular, who just get hit with stuff and bleed. That's not the greatest. Being able to do... The reason Ricky is so good... He's the perfect example. Yeah, yeah. is because he can do... And, and Joey Janela yeah. does deathmatch stuff and, and, is, and can do everything, uh, including wrestling himself. Um, and uh, Sammy Callahan's done it for ages and Dean Ambrose did it for ages and um, you know um, I think the people who can do both are the people who have yeah. longevity in their career and are sensible about knowing when it makes sense and when it doesn't rather than just bleed for the sake of bleeding yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah like I, when I back to, like, 20 years ago I had to send off the tapes so I had to send off for FMW tapes and, and All Japan tapes and wait six weeks for them to yeah. arrive if someone had just stolen the money. Now there are like full FMW shows on YouTube. I know. Like for free. <laughs> I've wasted my life. <laughs> if only, if only I could have yeah. been born later. Um, that's really cool. It's really cool knowing that you could have always... Because I think everyone's gateway into wrestling is WWE as a rule. Yeah. Isn't it? Mm, I think for the most part. Unless you were like into WCW. Yeah. What was the first show you ever went to as a fan? Um, I think I went to a WWE one when Santino Morella won the Intercontinental title. Amazing. No, no, no. Sorry, William Regal beat Santino for the Intercontinental title. Awesome. Yeah. Um, oh, that's really cool. Like, because I think as well, like you were saying, like, because um, I'm staying in your mums at the minute, like, yeah. clearly, like, you've got family who supported you through this as well. Yeah, so if you're training when you're 10, you, you, you folks have kind of got to give a shit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. They're <laughs> dead supportive. Yeah. And that's really smart. Um, um, do you tend to tell your mum when you're about to do a deathmatch wrestling? 
I have to now because she stalks me on social media. <laughs> so, like, after I, after Death House, like the picture that Ollie took of me was just like covered mm. in blood. And like she texted me, sent the picture to me, and was like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> like, so I ignored that for a few hours. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, so so you will have seen previous tournaments of death and yeah. known like it can be brilliant, it can go a bit wrong. Yeah. Um, uh, what's the really famous one of the, the Nick Gage? Nick Gage when he died. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, have you already in your head? Have you already thought? Because I don't know if they tell you how far in advance they tell you what sort of matches that you're doing. I have no idea. So you don't know what matches you're no. doing? No. I have a preference. What's your preference? Anything with loads of light tubes or paint of glass. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I think, was it you who explained to me the glass that you need for this as well? Yeah. Um, well, I, it might have been you. It might have been Clint. When I was... So, to explain to the listeners, um, during the... And apologies if it's a spoiler and you haven't watched the unboxing show from uh, December the 30th progr- uh, the, the December the 30th progress show from this year which is one of my favourite ever shows that we've done because I like the, the mystery element of it and I like the fact that's where you made your debut yeah, for yeah. us and where Clint made his debut for us um, and we got to do loads of really cool stuff on a very cool show with loads of surprises now I messaged you guys before, in the in the run up to the show going look you guys are doing a 12 days of Christmas death match which is a stupid idea um, what do you want? And that's when I learned the whole buy shower doors yeah. thing, <laughs> <laughs> which I was not aware of. Um, so I was like, why don't, why don't I even get glass from? Because we end up not being able to use it because of the venue rules rather than anything else. Um, and I was like, where do, we, where do we get glass from? And to be told it's a shower door blew my mind. Um, Greatest secrets of wrestling revealed. <laughs> yeah, it's it genuinely like, I was writing something the other week about... Um, I didn't know blading was a thing until I read up about it. Yeah. And um, and when I was a student, I tried to blade to see if I could oh do it. Oh, my God. And it's really hard. <laughs> if you don't do it all the... Like, when, you, when your forehead yeah. looks like Ric Flair's, it's a piece of piss. When yeah. your forehead looks like mine, um, and it was just really difficult. I ended up just stabbing myself for a long period of time. It's just... It's... On my first time, that was the Death House one, and it was just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, you probably could have bled without needing to blade it yeah, during true. that match. But, but it... The whole reveal of that match I've talked about it before is just it's a really special thing and it's it's great that it's not something they do every show. Yeah, yeah, like that was probably once a year. Yeah. So tournament of death, let's let's oh, let's let's do this. Let's come up with a dream tournament of death lineup. Right. Okay. You, you, so you're winning tournament I'm telling you now, you're winning oh, tournament thanks. of death, right? <laughs> I'm booking it. And this year or just a fantasy like... just, this is a fantasy one, okay. right? But this this tournament of death we're putting together now, you Drew Parker are winning. Mm-hmm. So um so we need Need eight people, don't we, for tournament of death? So it's eight. They mix it up, but we can go eight. Let's go eight. So dream, and it can be anyone, alive or dead. Oh, that's okay. Then. Dream, yeah. um, uh, dream tournament of death. So um, you don't need to come up with all, necessarily come up with all eight people. So who have you got in your quarterfinal match? Quarterfinal, just me, just you. Who okay. have you got in your quarterfinal? Um, let's have Leatherface. Nice. <laughs> um, uh, the man who, if anyone's read Mick Foley's uh, first autobiography, the man who was genuinely unhinged and insane. Yeah. <laughs> um, once, um, once tried to get Shoji Nakamaki, tried to kill with a bed of nails yeah. during a match. I mean, you're insane for wanting to do this. It's um, just, I'd love the the pictures. They're just me and Leatherface, chainsaw <laughs> in hand. When you see old FMW pictures and stuff, and, and IWA from um, yeah. from Japan as well. When you see those pictures. From from that sort of mid nineties period, they're brilliant mm. photographs as well. Um, so Leatherface, what sort of match are we having? We're gonna have mm, barbed wire ropes. Nice, not an exploding one. That's no. too soon. Yeah. We'll just go barbed wire ropes for that one. Barbed wire ropes. Okay, yeah. right. So you beat Leatherface. Okay, thank God. Into the semi final. Okay, who have you got in the semi final? Mm. I was gonna say Cactus Jack, but I'm gonna go Mankind. Nice, dead. Yeah. Is there a reason that you've got a preference for Mankind over Cactus Jack? Mm, just for the Hell in a Cell, really. Yeah. I don't have two FMW guys in a row. <laughs> I'm trying to think of it logically. And, no, this is why you're perfect for this podcast, because <laughs> that's how I come up with lists. Um, I, I mean, this is something I've been thinking about a lot. Like The Hell in a Cell thing, I think, is a, is a big watershed. I think makes more important to professional wrestling 
than people give him credit for. I think people give him credit as saying very important. For me yeah. as a fan, he's more important to me than Steve Austin and The Rock, who are the biggest stars from that era. And and I also think the way that he made he made Triple H. So when he did his brief run at yeah. the beginning of two thousand as Cactus Jack, if he hadn't done that and made he made Triple H a monster by losing to him twice. And I think I think Mick <coughs> and Mick's slightly biased as a friend of mine, but I think he's he doesn't get the credit that he deserves for being such a big part of the attitude era and, and you look at it, I, I'm a wrestling fan again because of Mick. Yeah. You clearly he's yeah, a big part so. of you you know and, <clears throat> There's so many people who, who you could count. And also as well, I think for, for someone who didn't look like a wrestler, like if you were if you were my age, when you got to the age of 20, because you're not, I mean, not the tallest guy in the world. No. Right? You know, you're, you're in great shape, but you're not, you're not super, super huge or anything like that. Like it, it would have been harder for you to find a world in wrestling if it wasn't for I people like me. <laughs> yeah. well, if it wasn't people like me who didn't look like a wrestler and Jeff Hardy and people like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jeff Hardy's deceptively tall, though. Is he? He's like six three. <laughs> because everyone like Land if, of the if, Giants. The amount of people who've met X Pac over the last few years. Yeah, ago, he's dead tall, and it's because oh, everyone like Foley's like six four. Yeah. So like everyone was just tall. I have no hope. Um, uh, I think we're fine. We're fine. <laughs> so, um, what's the match against mankind? Um, the four doors death match. So there's a door in each corner, and then each one's got a different weapon on it. Nice. So one will be barbed wire, light tubes, and nice. gusset plates on one. Why not? Oh, gusset plates are... Yeah. Mankind can go through that one. Uh, gusset plates <laughs> are, the, are the worst. What? I don't even know what... Gu- so I know what a gusset plate looks like. To explain to the listener who might think, the word gusset, are we talking about underwear? We are not. Um, who's the um, Who's the guy I've seen, the Japanese guy who's thrown into the gusset plates with the, and the, the ridiculous amount of blood? I'm not sure, but I know Ricky's done them quite a bit. Um, it's... I can't remember his name. Crazy Monkey. I can't remember his name. Oh, Junkasai. Junkasai. Yeah. There's a Junkasai one where he goes, he, he takes a drop toe hold onto a board with gusset plates. On yeah. It, hits it face first and there's blood, instantly blood everywhere. Um, what is it? it it's, it's, it's like, like a, a small rectangle, but it's just, they're meant to hold buildings together. Yes. So there's like two, three dozen like tiny little spikes on it. And then they're just like I've seen loads of people they just slap them into each other's arms and then just sticks. It's like Masada with the the, the skewers. As yeah, well. yeah, it's just, yeah. It's just gross. Ricky but, said it's okay going in, but then like near impossible to take out. Because they meant like to hold a, like yeah, because they've yeah. got like a hooker. Yeah, they? yeah. Oh. They're meant to go into like a surface and then not come out. Um, so that's your semi-final. Yeah. Your final match. Can I have a fail four-way? Yes, you can. Right, because okay. this is your list. Okay, so it's me, yep. Jimmy, mm-hmm. Jun Kasai, and Prime Onita. Nice. Yeah. And this one will be a C4, like explosive ring match. Um, I, I love Onita. I, um, I mean, I know he did, he did a couple of matches last year in the States, but yeah, yeah. necessarily um, what people were expecting, because he's, yeah. he's, the dude's an old guy now. Yes. You know, like, he was he's retired seven times. <laughs> the weird thing with Onita as well is, is that, I think a lot of people away from Japan or away from being super nerdy about wrestling think that Anita was just some guy who did deathmatch wrestling but he was super charismatic yeah. and, and a, a megastar the reason FMW was able to fill stadiums was because Anita was just the, he could talk people into the building yeah and there was an just air like of Japanese Dusty Rhodes about him. Yeah, we just like cry after his matches and stuff it's <laughs> just like the best like it's so it's cool it's so good yeah um, so um I mean, that would be... It would be nuts. Yeah. It would be absolutely insane. Um, Jun Kasai as well, who I, I remember... Because he does, he does the gimmick with the goggles and stuff like yeah, that, yeah. which is, is insane. And But again, these are all people who can do one side of wrestling as well as the... I don't think everyone you've chosen could do it. Yeah. Because um, Leatherface was Canadian, wasn't it, Leatherface? And did a load, of, a load of stuff before he decided to just be a nutter. Yeah. <laughs> um, excellent. Is there anything that you would... Turn down that you would definitely not do. Mm. I mean, it's only a matter of time until someone brings a gun to a death match. Yeah. So. This is like a cliche, but I don't think there is. I think it'd have to be brought up like yeah. in front of my face at a show. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I can't think of anything now. And there's stuff that I'd rather not. 
Like, like I'd rather not get set on fire because my hair might like burn out. Yeah. But, like I'd probably do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd just tie my hair up. <laughs> I'd like I'd rather not yeah. while I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean well, the board of scissors. Everyone's seen that gift. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I'd do that. Uh, I'm, I haven't got a lot of like fat on me. Yeah. So I worry if I did a backbone play, my kidney would get pierced or something. Yeah, don't die. One of my kidneys, yeah. You're a nice lad, don't die. Thanks. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I think, I think everyone has to have a, a point where they won't do stuff, but there's the opposite side of it. And the, you know, you will have been in a, a locker room with a veteran who's like, no, I'm not taking anything. I'm not oh, taking Jimmy. Anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're only kidding, Jimmy. Yeah. Um, that was only the first time we wrestled. <laughs> but there's, there's going to be. Because there are going to be people who who are like, oh, I'm not, I'm not even taking a DDT. Yeah. Uh, I'm lucky to, I haven't encountered anyone yeah, like that yet. Good. You've done well. Um, that's it. I think that's the thing that, that genuinely fascinates me about about the, the deathmatch stuff. And, it, and it's the, the willingness for people to just go, no, I have no limits here. Um I'm, I'm absolutely fine with everything because the adrenaline will carry. Like, if I said yeah. to you now, I was sat at, this, at my kitchen table, if I said, Drew, I'll just stab you in the arm, you'd be like, no. no. But in front of a few hundred people... Quite a few people say that. It's like, oh, you just go home and then, like, fucking staple yourself. It's like, no, not usually. Like, no. <laughs> I get no buzz. I would get zero buzz from that. It's... And I think that's the thing. It's like, like I... The idea of me telling jokes to someone across the table is, is I hate it. Bet that, yeah. But the idea of me, give me a microphone, put a spotlight on me, it's different. And, yeah. and, it, and, it, and it is, it's the same with anything. It's just like a sensory overload. Like, say I'm getting stapled in the head. Mm. It's the no, 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 the big click. And then, like, you're looking at everyone, and everyone's, like, covering the mouths mm. and shit. It's like, it's the best. I think, it's, I could equate this. When I, whenever I get tattooed, I get nervous because I know it's going to hurt. And then the first time I feel the needle on me, I'm like, Oh yeah, I remember this really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then for the rest of it, I'm like, I just feel slightly more alive. I'm like, yeah. And then it sounds really odd. No, I and, it, it. and I think yeah. there's there's a whole study that someone could do into the psychology. Definitely. I think it's it, it, it's a genuinely fascinating. People subject. say the same about eating hot food. It's yeah. just like an adrenaline rush. Which my wife does. Like, I love hot like, food. Yeah. Like my, my wife will eat the hottest stuff possible, and like, I I like spicy stuff to a point, but not at that point. Yeah. yeah. And um, I know Glenn's the same. Like Glenn's like grows chilies and is obsessed with like proper nuts. Yeah. Stuff, and it's like, nah. Um, what's the most insane thing in deathmatch wrestling that you've seen? That. You obviously haven't done, but just that you've seen and you've watched and gone, well, that's too far. With my own eyes, or in like with your, with, with, with your own eyes, it could be on, it could be on, um, it could be on just on, on video. I'll go or... footage. Uh, the weed whacker, the Mondo <laughs> talker. TV, yeah. yeah, yeah, that is like the whoa. I wouldn't say it's too far, but it's definitely like that catches your attention, no matter how much deathmatch wrestling you've watched. That is yeah. like oh shit, and they they still do it. Like I think Jimmy Lloyd did it last year's TOD, maybe the year before. Mm. It's just yeah. It's when you realise it because it's only a bit plastic, isn't it? On a yeah, bit, but it's still going. Really I'd want to see the scars before I'd ever like say, "Yeah, I'll take that." You know what <laughs> I mean? um, so here's, a, here's an interesting question for you. So um, companies like Big Japan, um, which have Big Japan's an interesting company for me because it has it's, it's very easy to old school ECW esque mm-hmm. and it has a Deathmatch division, which is insane, but it also has a good junior heavyweight division and a great heavyweight division. Um, with some fantastic wrestlers in it, um, but they often and you're now you're a vegan, right? Mm-hmm. So they yeah. often have matches involving animals. So they've yeah. had crocodile death matches, piranha death matches, scorpion yeah, yeah. death matches. Would you say no to those matches on the principle of being a vegan? Yeah, in the sense of like, if I got thrown into like a box of scorpions and I crushed one, like it's not really that cool. No, no, it's. I think that's anyone who isn't like yeah. vegan is going to think, "What a fucking puss!" <laughs> 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 but no, but he's, he's the, the veganism thing, which is something I'm a vegetarian, so it's something that I've been and I've tried to be a vegan and failed. And when it's something that I don't think, it, if I wasn't as involved with wrestling, the world of comedy does not have anywhere near this amount of vegans. The world of wrestling has a ridiculous amount of vegans at yeah. the minute. All most of them are similar ages to you. Yeah. So I think as a rule, if you find a wrestler age between eighteen and twenty-five, probably a vegan. <laughs> um, and it's great because you're all in and you're all in good shape, and you all look after you, you clearly yeah. look after yourselves, and and obviously the diet is not doing you guys any harm whatsoever. Uh, in the same way, there's a lot of there's a lot of straight edge wrestlers as well because yeah, um, you know because a lot of people just go no, nah, I'm not I'm not drinking. You know, I'm concentrating on wrestling, which is again really cool. Um, 
but yeah, it was just something that popped into my head the other day. I was looking at a list of big Japan matches and just going, no, some of those are cruel to animals, but Japan is a weird country for that yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's a country that is quite fine with whaling. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> you know, a wonderful country on so many levels and then yeah. so much really weird, like very sexist, very anti-animal country. Yeah. Um, only country you can eat raw bear. I didn't know that. And the only reason I know what raw bear is in Japanese is Kuma. It's because yeah. of the video game Tekken, where nice. you can be a bear called Kuma. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, so, you're only 20, so your whole career is ahead of you. Now, ages ago, we had a chat where I gave you a bit of feedback, mm-hmm. and I told you you were dead good. And I mean this, I'm not just saying it because you sat in front of me. You, you're, you, the, the world is at your feet in okay. terms of wrestling. You're excellent. You're in, you've got all the right traits you've got you've got a cool gimmick you're very good at wrestling um and you're a nice human okay. which really helps because when people are pricks it, you don't want to give them work no. <laughs> you know what i mean it's just really hard um so i think everyone who meets you likes you and you always do um you always do exactly what is asked of you and give it 100 percent, and you're great but the whole your whole world ahead of you right you're doing tournament of death this year which is a bucket list thing at the age of 20. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> Where do you want to be when you're 25? Where do you want to be when you're 30? Obviously not dead is the answer to both of these yeah. questions. But, but in five years' time, where do you want to be in, in 10 years' time? Um, in five years' time, I'd still like to be on the indies. Mm. I quite like the idea of having a really strong run on the indies and yeah. not having like... It's the best time. Get as fast as you can. It's, like, it's the best time to be doing the indies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 30. Uh, well, I really want to go to DDT at some point. Nice. Really cool because they've got all the comedy matches but then they've got like the extreme division as well mm. so I feel like it'd be perfect really oh you'd be great yeah so that's one bucket list and then I've, I've always said like for the mid 30s I want to go to WWE eventually yeah. yeah it's not like a rush though but that's the thing I, I think because like you said this is the best time to be an oh, yeah. wrestler ever the it's fact, so cool the fact that there's so many people like when we started progress six years ago very few people were full time yeah and now nearly everyone is, and it's it's not because of us; it's because of yeah, everybody yeah. exploding at the same time, which is a you know is a really awesome thing. And and I think it's yeah, I think it's really cool that that people can, and it helps if you start when you're young. Like with me, I didn't start stand up until I was 27. And yeah. I had a kid and a mortgage, and and I, I had to I had to still do a job, and I had to get to I had to get to paid gigs that I didn't necessarily want to do sooner rather than later and it meant that, that I took a, a hit from what I would like to be doing artistically to make money and I think it's a similar thing with, with wrestlers in that WWE you can still express yourself artistically in WWE yeah. but when you're on the indies you are 100% your own person yeah, and I think exactly. that's a, you know the fact that you can if you can build up an archive of like 500 amazing matches yeah, and well, then still go there the idea is like if you have such a long and like really good indie run and like you build this like whole brand for yourself, like they're gonna have no choice but to change really like not much about you. Yeah. Because like that'd be the reason why they sign you. Yeah. Like everything you've done before. But yeah, look at everyone like when they sign Kevin Owens. Like, yeah, exactly. They just what are you gonna do? Like, you are the same. Yeah. <laughs> you know. The only person they really changed who was a fantastic uh wrestler in the indies was, was El Generico. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, I mean, we don't know if that is El Generico or not because obviously El Generico went to his awesome agency. Of course, yeah. um, but that's the only one I can really think of. Whereas everyone else did kind of retain it. Whereas yeah. people who've just, you know, maybe, maybe not quite, you know, people who haven't won Battle of Los Angeles, for example. I think Ricochet is going to be Ricochet still. Yeah, yeah, I'd love it if they changed his name to Irishman Rick O'Shea, but I don't <laughs> know if that's necessarily going to be the case. Um, who, who? Is there anyone who's not on the indies? So, so people who are signed to, for example, WWE or New Japan, that you have a bucket list as, as your your opponents. I'd like to wrestle. Uh, Dean Ambrose is probably the most obvious one. That'd be really good as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, then, good. like, uh, who else? Um, Suzuki, if you count him as signed, obviously he still does indie shows, doesn't yeah, he? But yeah. yeah, Suzuki as well. Oh God. Yeah, I worry what he'd do to you. Uh, <laughs> <for a> kid. <laughs> He's like thirty years older than you. Yeah, oh. I've seen the gifts of him when he was like really young. Well, I Dashing. tweeted one of how handsome Dashing. he was. Yeah. It's one of the most retweeted gifts I've ever put up. I was like, <laughs> "Come on, please, this isn't even my work." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it was when he was in Pancrase, I think, and he's 
Like it's nuts when you think of all the stuff that he's done. Like yeah. he's responsible, kind of, for the fact that UFC exists. Yeah, like he had a really good MMA career, something. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. just it's nuts. Um, do you? I mean, do you have any sort of background in as well as doing the wrestling stuff? Like, because I know so many people who work for us have got like martial arts backgrounds and stuff like. That. Do you have any of that when you're absolutely? Do you know just yeah, and <laughs> I probably should. If I got into a fight in the street, I'd probably get beat up pretty bad. So I could do something <laughs> or just walk around with like Suzuki all the time <laughs> so, uh, this is the thing that I always find, find interesting I remember having the same conversation with Jimmy about him going I'm not I'm not a hard yeah. bloke I just I'm alright at taking pain I'm good at wrestling yeah like I was on a show with Matt Riddle and we were travelling together and mm-hmm. I was in the service and I looked at him and went I've never felt more safe yeah. in my entire life and he was like really and I went yeah like if two people attack me right now you'd save me wouldn't you he went absolutely bro I was like yeah that's it I love the fact that the hardest man I know is essentially a cross between Bill and Ted yes <laughs> but that's the crazy thing is is for someone like Matt who obviously just wants to be a wrestler yeah. like is legit the toughest guy I think any of us will ever meet is insanely tough um, and but doesn't need to show off doesn't no. need to. I mean, I'd, I'd love. I love the idea of someone taking a liberty with him in the ring and here he is, <laughs> just absolutely destroying them. <laughs> but as loads of people like, like Haskins is a, is, is yeah. really skilled in in BJJ and Eddie Dennis is a black belt in judo and and because often it goes hand in hand and yeah, with yeah. and it was more from a discipline point of view if you could be disciplined enough to be a wrestler when you were ten. The, if it yeah, there, the fact that you didn't is just. No, I enjoyed the. We used to do like shoot drills, but like that's not training anything. No, it's just you know. You know, but it's good to have that. Anyway. Yeah, Locker, yeah, just in case. Um, this, 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 you don't have to answer this. There's, oh, it might be that there's, there's nothing's ever happened. But with you, with you being a good-looking young lad, has there ever been anyone who has? Like, especially, you, everyone always hears horror stories about veteran wrestlers sort of taking the piss yeah. of younger wrestlers. Has, has it ever happened to you? Well, when we... You don't have to name names. No, right? no. When we started wrestling, we'd always team up, like, for the first few months. Mm. And then we'd be against, like, our trainers, and it'd just be getting beaten up, <laughs> shot. And I can say it's, like, the most cringe thing that's ever happened in wrestling ring is, like, so I was taking a heat, I took one shot, and the dude went... Welcome to the biz. Oh, oh my god, oh, it's the worst. I hope he even remembers that one. But yeah. Oh <laughs> god, I feel sick even hearing that. That's rotten. I'd never do that to anyone. You know what I mean? Like just, uh, I don't know. But that's also well. That's a culture of that's how I'm meant to act. Do you know? What yeah. I mean? I'm also willing to bet you're probably doing better than that person now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just a bit. I just, when I started stand up, I had a, a, a very senior stand up comedian say to me, "You do know you'll, you'll never earn more money than me." Wow! And I was like, I know at the time I was in awe of him. So yeah. I'm like, oh, maybe I won't. Should have like that two years later. Like it, yeah. it's just anyone who feels the need to be a dick to anyone younger than them. I, I go out my way to be nice to young comedians. I go out my way to be. Um, my knowledge of wrestling is. I can tell you. I can talk to you about character and promos and stuff. Yeah. I can tell you what I like as a promoter, but I'm never going to tell you how to do movies. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I can give people feedback and I'll do that with anyone who asks whether they work for me or not just send me a video I don't, I don't mind I'll do it Yeah. because why shouldn't I be nice like what's the point in being a dick to people I don't There's understand literally no point I'm going to next time you get in a ring and I'm ringing answer, I'm totally going to say welcome to the biz <laughs> <laughs> just to please myself it's going to be great um, so I think I keep saying this I think I think everything you want to have happen will happen Thank which you. is which is you know just because you, you're a good dude everyone it's been really nice like doing the natural aggression series this year it was it was hard to narrow it down to eight people yeah. and you know, hence why we have to do qualifying matches and stuff yeah, like yeah. this because there's so many really really talented people who are your sort of age yeah there is which is nuts you know the fact that we could probably have a whole three day young lions yeah we have like a really strong pool at the minute yeah. I'm looking forward to in like five years time when it's like so obviously that was like Pete and Mark and Flash yeah. and like Chris and Eddie then it'll be me Ethan Mayhew and like you know yeah. I mean? it's, it's crazy isn't it yeah. it's, I just think there's going to be like there's going to be someone now age 10 who in 10 years time is going to be doing I think about this and they'll probably be better than me as well <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's do let's ask you a few more little questions okay. and then we'll, we'll wrap up but um, what's your favourite match that you've had so far mm, it, Death House it, it, easy, I feel like a cop out saying that one but that is outside like, of Death House then okay is there another one um, 
I really enjoyed. Oh my god! It's hard to narrow it down. It's like choosing between your children. Yeah, I really liked me and Ridgeway from Birmingham for you yeah, guys. That which was, was really a, fun. Yeah, yeah. Unannounced one, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, um, of, uh, yeah. Recent memory. That's like the one of my favorite ones I can remember. It's a cracking match as well. I remember Thank being. I, I like both you guys a lot, and um, and it's nice as well because really lives all this way as well. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, uh, you know, it was it was it was super cool to see two lads I really like and really respect just go all at it. And, and as well because that show sold out on the progress name and you guys weren't involved with the company yeah. when we sold the show out <laughs> so the fact that you guys were on that show and everyone there was like super delighted to hear, to see you like when we announced that you you were making an unscheduled appearance yeah. people lost their minds because so again nice. again your name had been spread by, by cool stuff that you've been doing which is really really cool that's cool isn't it um, uh, where's your favourite place to wrestle um, could just be a city, could be a venue, and again, don't feel you need to be. Back I really like there. Manchester. Yeah, like I love Manchester. When Lucha Forever was running and we did the Tuesday Night Graps one, Frog and Bucket, which I find so weird because I just stand Dude. up there all the time. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. So like, I know everything about the place. I know all the people who work yeah. there because it's it's. So, I've done stand up there like a hundred times, That's man. And um, and whenever I go there, like the sound, Colin, the sound guy, I always go. Do you know these people who run this? I'm like, yeah, I know yeah. everyone on the show. <laughs> I know the people who run the company. I know everyone on the show. Yeah, um, yeah the frog and bucket, just like, and then same for like the progress man. Just want, I don't know. It's just, it's always really. There's cool. something really cool about Manchester yeah. crowds, and and they warm to us straight away, which is really really nice. And you know, I think it's I'm excited about doing Victoria Warehouse, for example, because yeah. you know it's a be old venue. Um, uh, but you know, to get over a thousand people in that is going to be sweet. And, and people just seem super enthusiastic about it. Yeah. I mean, that's the reason that like, New Japan are doing their show in Altrimum. I know it's... They, I think they've said, man... I think someone said to New Japan, yeah, it's in Manchester. Yeah. And they've just that's gone, it. yeah, fine. <laughs> um, it's a bit like taking a Ryanair flight to a city <laughs> and being told the airport is there, but it's actually the Ryanair yeah. airport, which is 100 miles away. Um, uh, but, but no, I think there is something, there's something really cool about about Mancunian audiences um, you know and I nice. don't get to go there often which is cool because then when you do it's like oh shit yeah, yeah. it's still really awesome <laughs> um, I met we briefly mentioned before about about real jobs and you've not you don't have a real job which is good no, this is your more. job which yeah, is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, but we talked about your last real job which was working in an office in an office yeah. how many people that you work with knew that you were a wrestler like everyone did yeah, they yeah. and they were cool about it cool yeah about it. yeah they were pretty cool obviously like it's usually the men who are like ugh <laughs> like let down it. Yeah. Really? I was surprised. Yeah, yeah. Then it's like the older women who were like just googling wrestlers, like, oh, who's that? It's like that's Roman Reigns. Like, <laughs> oh, he's nice, isn't he? It's like, do yeah. you know Roman Reigns? <laughs> no, I don't know Roman Reigns. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, I, I, I think one of the things that I, when I started listening to Colt Cabana's Art of Wrestling podcast, the thing that always used to fascinate me was what, what the last wrestler's real job was. Yeah. And the fact is, so you would have quit, you would, you would have been 19 when you quit your job? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So It would have been like a year ago, like two days ago. So, you think about this, there's every possibility you would never do a real job again. Yeah. It's how cool, cool is that? Do you want to hear how depressing my last job title was? God. Trainee Purchase Ledger. <laughs> to anyone who's a purchase ledger and hates it I feel for you like, do you have a favourite formula in XL? no I, I do that's all it's a big look up guys um, uh, anything like the only time trainees acceptable is wrestler yeah like that is like, it's quite cool and exciting and yeah, the world yeah, yeah. is in front of you but anything in an office is just like uh, oh, one day I might be a real purchase ledger <laughs> <laughs> that's the dream yeah. oh maybe that's your new gimmick Maybe when you get to WWE, <laughs> that's your trainee purchase yeah. ledger gimmick. Um, just I don't know what a finishing move would be. I don't know any purchase ledger terms. I forgot them all now. Tweet us uh, um, and and we'll and tell us what your purchase what purchase ledger finishing moves would be because <laughs> one of them is going to sound sick as anything and we're going to use it. Um, listen, thanks, mate. Thanks for coming Thank over. You for having me. It's all right. Thanks for coming over. You got to meet baby Claudio as well, I did. Talk, which is good. He's, He's not eating his food. Yeah, not eating his food. Um, I like to think as a protest because we were giving him non-vegan stuff. <laughs> um, where can people get hold of you on the internet? So Instagram and Twitter, Drew Parker underscore 97. Because that's when he was born. Yes. Because he's tediously young. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, do you have an online store or anything like that in a minute? Um, I do, but I don't put my t-shirts on there. I prefer just like interaction in person. CCK said that as well. Yeah, right? that's where I got the... 
the premise from really yeah, it's, like, it's, it's much better yeah like, I'd rather speak to someone face to face I know we I know like progress sell a lot of t-shirts online and stuff but when we're in America and Australia and stuff it's really yeah. cool being able to actually sell someone someone and have a photo taken and say hi yeah. and thanks and yeah, it's, it's good it's a way of building a fan base from, yeah from very yeah. grassroots level so that's sweet um, listen thanks for chatting to us mate um, don't die at tournament of death I'll try and, and, and go and win it for us yeah so that was my chat with the wonderful Drew Parker, a smashing young man, got the world at his feet, is going to achieve exactly what he wants to achieve in the world of wrestling, um, because he's just a good dude with his head screwed on. Um, I thought it was a really interesting chat, it was very interesting to speak to him, uh, and I'll probably get him on again when we do a round table in my front room, uh, because he's only down the road when he's visiting his mum, so um, fingers crossed we'll have him on again, uh, I wish him all the best. Um, I'm going to go to America now, in the meantime, remember all this stuff. Support everything on the Distraction Pieces Network. It's all ace. My website is jimsmallman.com. I am at jimsmallman on Twitter. Use the hashtag Tuesday Night Jaw if you want to get in touch with me. Um, the Progress Wrestling website is progresswrestling.com for tickets and merchandise and stuff like that. Maybe check out morethanmania.com if you're planning on coming along to our shows in New Orleans this coming weekend at noon on Friday, noon on Saturday. And demand-progress.com for all of our shows on demand. Uh, from the last six years plus loads of other cool stuff too go and check all that out I'm going to go now and do 80 hours on planes over the next three weeks yay hopefully get some cool podcasts on the way though so uh, yeah all the best I'll speak to you guys soon ta-ra hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.